0: Experience the feeling of powder floating up to your goggles. Take in a sweeping panoramic view from atop a mountain ridge line. Feel the thrill of laying an edge on perfect corduroy and arcing a sweeping turn. Relax in front of a crackling fireplace at the end of a great day on the mountain. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective, the podcast series that takes you on a journey to the dream destinations included on the Mountain Collective Pass. Each episode will take you on a collective trek, visiting two or more resorts, giving you local insights into how to maximize your Mountain Collective Pass and to explore some of the sport's most exhilarating destinations. Check it out today at mountaincollective.com. Now join us on a collective trek with our local guides on Inside the Mountain Collective. There is something truly magical about a visit to Quebec. And today, Inside the Mountain Collective is taking you to La Massif. This is a big mountain. When it first opened in 2002, La Massif de Charlevoix changed the face of skiing in eastern Canada. Designed by the co-founder of Cirque du Soleil, La Massif is characterized by its towering mountain standing high above the St. Lawrence River and has developed to be a natural fit into the forested terrain. With a vertical drop of 770 meters, that's over 2,500 feet, it's the biggest mountain in Canada east of the Rockies. Take a look at the trail map and you will be amazed. To give us a mountain tour, we've enlisted the help of Canadian Olympic snowboard star Dominique Marte. Lamassif played a formative role for her growing up in the region. From its snow-covered flanks, she branched out to become one of the world's greatest snowboard cross stars, winning two Olympic medals and a winner X Games gold. Today, Dominique is retired and works as a local firefighter, but she still spends plenty of time on the mountain at La Massif with her own children. Say bonjour to Dominique if you see her up on the mountain this winter. And make sure to include her own signature run, La Dominique Malté, in your day plan. Now let's join Dominique Malté for a mountain tour of La Massif de Charlevoix on Inside the Mountain Collective. And today we're heading up to La Massif in Quebec, an amazing resort overlooking the St. Lawrence River. And we have a real star with us today two-time Olympic medalist, snowboard cross-athlete, uh, native of the area who grew up in La Dominique Mote And Dominique, uh, thank you so much for joining us here today on Inside the Mountain Collective.
1: The pleasure is for me, Tom. Thank you.
0: Well, it's it's great to have you, and we're going to talk a little bit about your career, and I was excited to uh, follow that in the sport of snowboard cross, one of the first medalists back in 2006, and we'll uh, come to that in, in just a little bit. But I wanted to first get a little bit of your background as a young girl growing up in Quebec. Uh, you started skiing and later snowboarding on La Massif. Go back to your childhood and talk, if you could, about Growing up around La Masif and what it meant for you to be a young girl up on skis, up on that big mountain.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a long story, to, to be honest. I uh, Definitely, I started on two skis. So I wasn't snowboarding when I was uh, very young. I started skiing around uh, seven or eight years old. I was this kind of uh, little girl, always uh, looking for adrenaline. So I was uh, doing a lot of uh, biking during summertime hitting jumps uh, on my bike or even on my skis. And then I was a little bit curious about snowboarding. Snowboarding was quite a, a new sport. And I was like very curious about that. And I really wanted to uh, start snowboarding. So when the, Le Massif uh, had their, the, the, for the first time, their first chairlift. So I asked my parents to buy me uh, a brand new snowboard. And the first time I snowboard, it didn't go well, like I was crashing on my back, on my wrist, uh, like I couldn't ride like even two meters without crashing. So I took off my snowboard off of my feet and I start trying. And uh, I was like, there's no way I'm going to go back on the snowboard in my life. Like, I hate that sport and I was not able to snowboard. But uh, I spent a summer thinking about snowboarding and why I couldn't snowboard. Because I was, like I was saying, I was a good, a a girl was good in sport. Like, I never had difficulty to, uh, to do any sport. And I was so frustrating because I was not able to snowboard the first time. So I think about that the whole summer and the winter after my first try, I re-asked my parents to uh, go back on the snowboard. And I don't know why, for some reason, because I was so willing to learn and snowboard. It was like actually not that bad. Instead doing doing... two meters without crashing, I was making four meters. And then it started like, th- like this. I was doing a run and then I was like improving my st- myself winter ap- after winter. And I was always looking to reach uh, some personal goals. Like, for example, I was, okay, I'm, I'm good as on a snowboard. So next year I'm going to do a 180. Uh, the year after I was uh, able to do a 180. So next time I'm going to do a, a 360. And I was uh, hitting jumps on the side and looking always for speed and riding through the woods. So I was that kind of little girl. And uh, I really want to be one of the best snowboarders. At that time, snowboard cross was pretty new as a discipline. And when I was looking snowboard cross, I was like, oh, it's definitely looked like me. Like um, I love speed. I love uh, hitting jumps. I love the competition between uh, people." So, um, one winter I decided to try snowboard cross and I won and it started, started like this pretty quick. And, um, the first years I was competing, I won the, the national championship just before the whole national team. So that's where the national team actually see me, saw me for the first time. And the year after I was competing on the World Cup circuit and I had the second place on my second World Cup ever so it's quite of a start pretty quick on my side but like i said i was so passionate and it was like such a big goal for me like to be one of the best snowboarder and uh, i put like even at that time like every single day where the school was closed i was at the massive and riding on my snowboard every weekend my parents dropped me like at the um, the ski resort And I was snowboarding. And even sometimes we were skiing. We were like a couple kids who just like there every weekend and hanging out there and having fun. So it's all start like this for me at Le Massif. And um, when I look back, because I'm a mom right now and I have two kids and I'm like, it's, it was actually the perfect child, child, child care,
0: child care. Yeah,
1: exactly. The child environment, because it was like healthy, we play outside, we uh, improve ourselves, we play with kids. It it was like perfect, just perfect, always outside and having fun.
0: It was a big mountain though and i just thinking as a little girl what did it feel like to be standing up on that big mountain looking down on the river? It was
1: for us like I I born there for, so for the St. Lawrence River, it's like, uh, it's like something you, you see every day. So as a child, you're, you're not like waking up in the morning and you're like looking at the St. Lawrence River and you're saying, like, Oh, it's so good. It's, it's looking so good. I'm so, uh, I'm so lucky to live in a place like this. Like as a kid, you're like, okay, we have a St. Lawrence River. I have a ski resort just by my house and we go there every weekend and that's it like we were just like very lucky to have this environment around us and a very safe environment too for for sure like it was a sport we could uh, hurt ourselves but we were kids like it's it was like not that busy too at that time so our parents can just drop us there for the, the day and uh, they came back at four o'clock and uh, the day was over. We snowboard all day and every single storm, like uh, we were there and just enjoying ourselves with the, the, the view and the big ski resort we, we had the opportunity to, uh, to be on.
0: I think some of us who live by mountains, whether that's in the east or out in the, the west in the Rocky Mountains, that sometimes we take it for granted. We live in these amazing places. And you had this great opportunity to grow up by this mountain. And now people come from all over to, to Ski Massif.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's, uh, yeah, we, like I said, as a child, you don't see this opportunity, but uh, when you grow up and you see different things, different places, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm very lucky. And uh, my parents give me this opportunity to, uh, to enjoy the ski resort, the mountain life. And uh, I was able to, uh, to live from this passion and this opportunity for a couple years. I uh, was, uh, like you said, on the national team and on the World Cup circuit for so many years. So it's all because of that. like, uh, And I'm very, very uh, grateful of this.
0: Before we talk about the mountain, let's talk a little bit more about your competitive career. You were... Fortunate to be a pioneer of snowboard cross. You were involved in the sport in its early days. You were there for its Olympic debut in 2006 in Torino, uh, and it ended up being a successful medal day for you. Can you go back and talk about the early days of snowboard cross and what it meant for your sport to come into the Olympics in 2006?
1: Yeah, in 2006, it was definitely like a different... um how uh, can I say that? The different setup and different vision of uh, what snowboard Cross was in 2014 or, or 15 when I quit the sport. But um the good thing, and that, that's why I always said like I was able to, to serve that wave. Because I mean, when we started in 2006, we we didn't have like video, uh, we didn't look on, on our rounds to improve ourselves or to to try to get faster in the course. We were like, everything was new. So even the snowboard, I could add like uh, two snowboards for 2006 compared 2014 at the Olympic, we had like six snowboard, like race race preparation and every single snowboard was for one kind of condition, snow condition. So it was like totally a different game. But like I said, I was able during like a lot of years, during three Olympics, I was able to... uh, to keep the beat and keep follow the the, the 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 progression of the sport and the discipline, so I've been very very um, yeah it's it was like very interesting for me because I I push the discipline I push myself but on the other side I push the discipline like even. Uh, on the technical side, the snowboard, the base preparation, uh, all the equipment, the binding, I was like uh, always looking to have a, a better bindings, like to, uh, to, to be, to be faster and to be more stable in the course. Uh, physical preparation, the same, same thing. Like in 2006, we kind of had a, a physical preparation, but nothing compared when I showed up in Sochi in 2014 and I was like, very very prepared for that day and physically everything I was doing and it was like to to be faster on a snowboard so um it was uh, very interesting uh, for me because I was and I am one of those girls who always fix me some some goals in my life and from 2006 to 2010, I have some goals that I really want to reach to perform well in 2010. And the same from 2010 to 2014, I have personal goals and I really want to reach and to be one of the best snowboarder. And in 2014 and 15, I think I was like at the, my very, very top uh, on every aspect, aspect in my sport. Because I knew the the discipline really well and I set those goals uh, and I was like, just, yeah, so well prepared. And uh, I think think all the the, the results showed up that that, uh, good preparation at the end.
0: Let's go back to 2006. That was a crazy medal final uh, with a number of crashes that kind of changed the outcome. But your perseverance uh, helped you to win that bronze medal. Can you just give us a, a, a quick recap of that 2006 gold medal uh, event in Torino?
1: It was, uh, like I said, it was it was very special uh, Olympic for me. Like when I showed up there... I remember I talked with a, an Olympic medal, medalist and he told me, Adam, I think the most important thing is to go there and have fun. And if you're doing another Olympic, you will have uh, some experience. So don't don't set any goals, just go there and have fun. But uh, for sure, I was going to have fun. But uh, like in my mind, I, was, I set some goals and I really want to step on the, the podium that day. And uh, for the final, I was uh, going to, uh, to pass uh, Maël <laughs> on the very first section of the course, Maël crash. I kept going. And uh, in one turn, I was going to pass uh, the Swiss girls and our boards it uh, like touch each other. And I was the one who lost balance, and I flew right in through the nets. So at that time, I was like, okay, it's over. Miles going to come back and finish third, and I'm going to finish fourth for sure. But um, I just, okay, there's nothing else that I can do. So just walk back in the course and finish the race, and that's it. There's nothing else to do. So uh, that's what I did. And when I passed the finish line, I, uh, one of my couple, like one, one of my friends, ran to me and she said, Hey, Dom, you finished third, bronze medal. I'm like, eh, What? <laughs> no. <laughs> and she said, Yeah, 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 like you're third, you, you won the bronze. And I was like, Really? Okay. <laughs> so um, the, the race was a little bit special for sure when you're doing snowboard cross you don't want a race like that for sure like you, you you like you like it when you have a proper run a proper race like nobody's touching each other you do right you run uh, you finish first second or third because you're you're riding is strong and you you did your fastest line and nothing happened but when's there's a lot of crashes like that, and especially when uh, Lindsay Jacobellis was first and she crashed like a couple meters before the, the finish line, we were like, "No way, what, what, what's that discipline?" But it definitely put me on the spotlight for at the very uh, very very beginning of uh, my career as a snowboarder. So it helped me to discover all the Olympic environment and uh, what the medal can brings you after. Uh, I mean, like sponsorship, uh, visibility. My name was like, I was, I was not like a, an unknown Quebecer doing snowboard cross. I was like Dominique Marte who won the bronze medal at the Olympic in Torino. So for sure, it helped me like for the rest of my season and, and of my career too.
0: Well, it was a it was a spectacular race, crazy as it was, but uh you had the perseverance to get down the course and not give up. Let's shift back to La Massif and talk about the uh the ski area itself. And this is where I urge listeners uh take a minute right now, put the podcast on hold and bring a trail map up on your screen so you can follow along. And just first of all, you're just looking at the trail map, you see the majesty of this place with all of the runs leading down to the Saint Lawrence River. I want to talk first uh, you can approach the the resort either from the the bottom or the top can you talk about that a little bit at the very
1: beginning like le massif was just like reaching from the the bottom from the village down down there and a uh, couple years after they built like a really nice chalet like a big chalet at the top and uh, so, so now people can reach uh, le massif from the top so I think it's one of the, the only or the only ski resort when you can reach the ski resort actually from the top and the bottom. So that's mean like the people's coming from the city because you have like um, a highway kind of uh, at the top of the massif. So they can stop right from the top or if they're deciding to stay in, Le village, in the village or around, they can just keep driving. And drive all the way down to uh, the village down there, and they can actually reach up uh, the, the ski resort from the bottom too. So for me, it's um, for sure it was so easy because I'm li- I'm still living in the village. I, I still live there. So for me, I just uh, go in my car, drive two minutes, and I'm right there. And from the people who's not, uh, not, not live in the area, they're coming from Quebec City or even, uh, further. So they, they can just stop at the top. And, uh, I think they save like a big 20 minutes because from the top and the bottom, you have to drive a big 20 minutes. So they save a lot of time. And especially when there's a big storm, you save definitely, uh, a lot of time, which means like a really nice powder run. <laughs>
0: So for those who are coming to your area for the first time using their Mountain Collective Pass, can you give the listeners an idea of how far it is from Montreal and then also from Quebec City?
1: From Quebec, it's not that far. It's around 50 minutes. Like when you drive very, you know, you know where you're going and uh, the the drive is really, really nice. It's all by the St. Lawrence River. Uh, Not a lot of traffic. uh, Very nice drive. Montreal, it's, uh, it's about like a three hours and a half, I would say, depending where, where you start from uh, Montreal. But let's say uh, four hours, even there, like uh, the drive is really nice. And once you pass Quebec City, it's a little bit more quiet. So uh, the drive is, uh, is by the St. Lawrence River. And then you, try, you, you, you start to uh, drive up in the mountain, and you reach Le Massif a couple minutes after.
0: Quebec City is quite a remarkable place, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Quebec City is a, um, is a big city, but uh, it's, not, it's not that busy. I mean, it's um, just by the saint Lawrence River. It's like, it's like uh, Petit Rivière-Saint-François, but a little bit uh, more people, and it's a big city. It's, um, you have everything around there, a very nice restaurant, a lot of uh, things to do. And if you decided to go more in the forest or wood, like wood experience, you just keep going 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and uh, you hit our very nice area, which call called Charlevoix, and you have a lot of uh, outdoor activities to do.
0: Yeah, I do encourage folks, if you are flying into Montreal, definitely spend some time in Quebec City during your trip to La Le Massif. Let's talk about the mountain itself, 54 runs Eight lifts, 645 centimeters of average annual snowfall. And for those of you in the U.S., that's around 250 inches. Give us a little mountain tour, Dominique, if you could. If you're escorting a, an intermediate skier or snowboarder and you're going to take them up to introduce them to your Mountain Lama Sea for the first time, what are some of the runs you're going to take them on on that first morning?
1: The first morning I would say there's always different mornings like if it's snow or big storm or not big, no big storm like if you uh, you're looking to uh, ride very nice grooming I would say uh, you're going with the our popular run la petite rivière Saint, Fran- Saint François la petite rivière so it's, uh, it's one trail where you pretty much uh, ski down with the Saint Lawrence River view all the way down so it feels like you, uh, you're going to jump into the St. Lawrence River all the way. You have the beautiful view. If it's uh, sunny and it's not too cloudy, you would see, uh, you, you would see like a lot of boats going there. So uh, it's definitely one of the runs I would uh, recommend to uh, warm up yourself and get ready for the rest of the day. If it's a snowy day or a big storm uh the last uh, couple hours I would say I would go La Charlevoix. It's, it's uh, been building to uh host the Olympic in Quebec it was supposed to come a couple of years ago and never happened but uh that trail was to um to host the woman downhill and uh it's one of uh those trails was very very wild a lot of um Inclination, inclination too. Yeah. So if you uh, you have a lot of snow, it's you can get a lot of speed there with a really nice view, and even the whole area there around that trail is very good. Like you can even ride in, in through the forest. Uh, the snow is always good there. Even if there's a lot of people on the hill, you can always find a good spot with fresh snow. Even at Le Cambul, Le Kabul it's uh, one of my place, uh, one of my favorite place. Even when I was young, I was always going there. Uh, sometimes people don't think to ride there early in the morning because they want to, uh, to go more on the classic trail. But if uh, they had big storm and a lot of uh, good snow, fresh, good snow, I would uh, definitely go there too.
0: Now, I also understand that there is some off-piste skiing uh, and riding available as well. Can you tell us about sure. that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a new area uh, that they developed a couple of years ago. So you can actually have a little hike. But every round you're going to do there, it's a fresh snow. So it's a, a little bit round. So sometimes people, they're they're like, oh, no, I don't feel like uh, today. I don't feel like I want to walk a little bit but it's not that complicated to get there and if you even know the 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 the, the, the trails who's going to reach that area like you don't have to to walk that much and um you can start like with the the main the main area in the morning and as the the day uh, goes you you can just go there have a little walk and um, just enjoy the, the the fresh snow in this area.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting new feature. I want to go, though, to one run that stood out to me, and that's the run that is named after you. Uh, can you give us a yeah. little background on how that came to be and and what it's like to ride or ski that run?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because that trail has a name before they name it on my La Dominique Maltais. And every uh, people that I know, they always, oh, I I ride your trail today. Like, ah, did you ask my permission because uh, you're not allowed to ride my trail today because there's a, we we got a lot of snow, but uh, or like uh, Dominique Malte is not easy today. I don't know, I'm not easy. <laughs> that kind of joke. But uh, yeah, when I won my first medal, they wanted to name a trail uh, La Dominique Malte. And, uh, there's only one trail who didn't have a, a official name. It's, they, they call it the Soubois, which is, uh, Soubois in, uh, in English is, um, the, the, the trail, uh, you go through, uh, through the forest. Like, there still have trees and it's not, a it's, it's not a trail who's, uh, can be grown. So they named that trail, uh, La Dominique Malte. And it was actually really funny because, um, uh, when I was young, I was saying that we, we were like a lot of kids always spend every weekend at Le Massif. And we used to go there to ride very nice powder because in that, that trail, they have, um, big trees or big rocks. And these rocks with a lot of snow over it was a very nice jump actually. So. And uh, the pitch was very good too, so you can have very, very good speed and very good uh, challenge and jumps in that trail. And they name actually that trail on my name, so that was very funny. And um, yeah, if I it, at that time if I had to choose one trail as my favorite one, this one was my favorite, so it was pretty funny.
0: I know you have children now. Are they skiers or snowboarders?
1: Yeah. But they,
0: and, and have you taken them they, on they your try trail to. they tried to <laughs> have you taken them on your trail yet
1: no not yet not yet but we're building um, last winter we uh, because i have a chalet at le massif in the forest so we go we go there like very often in the winter they're not that enough old to by my girl yes but my little boy is not old enough to to do uh, the whole ski resort Probably this winter, but uh, not last winter. So we built, we built a big jump outside out of my chalet and through the forest. And I was like, okay, go. And, uh, <laughs> so we start like this. My, uh, my little girl ski down the massif, like she's able to ski, but my little boy is, uh, is too young, but this winter is one of the, uh, the the goal for sure.
0: They'll grow into it for sure. When you need to take a break up in the mountain, what are some of the favorite spots you have to have a coffee or tea or have a lunch?
1: And like I said, I'm, I'm I born in the village down there, riviere Saint François, and um, uh, for sure, I as a kid, the chalet down there is uh, is my chalet. Like it's a part of myself. So uh, when I go snowboarding or skiing. We we go up up there like in the chalet at the top of the mountain pretty often. But I would say if I have the choice to go for a coffee, I go uh, at the chalet down there at the bottom, because I uh, it's it's my chalet. Like I have so much uh, nice memories uh, in this chalet, and I know a lot of people. Like I feel like at home. I go there for a coffee in the morning, and it's it's like uh, i feel like i'm in in my house and uh, and i'm just drinking a coffee like in even going there with my kids they they just put off like their uh, ski boots or snowboard boots and they they they're running everywhere and we're we're having a coffee and they they kind of uh, like me when i was young is uh they they feel like at at home too when uh, they are at the, the chalet down there
0: Let's talk about the chalets that are up on the top of the mountain, Chalet du Somat and Camp Boulay. Can you give us a little background on them and what are the views like from up there?
1: Uh, the view is awesome. That's for the reason they build a chalet up there. Like the, the view is so so wonderful. When it's, too, uh, when it's not cloudy, you can see the whole St. Lawrence River. You can see the boats coming like farther uh, back where uh, is the uh, and uh, those those areas so uh the view the view is just like there's no word to describe this like it's one of the best view the chalet the atmosphere there um, everything is very nice the food too the the, the food is not uh, you're not eating poutine or uh thing like this it's always fancy food with the local special uh, product too, like in Charlevoix, we do a lot of uh, cheese, uh, wine, beer, gin, um, meat too. Uh, So they did all the the, the meals and uh, they all like based on uh, our local products. So it's a very nice experience, like uh, the chalet, the view, the food, the people are very nice too. And uh, once, if you go there to warm up yourself, it's nice because you don't have to go back in the chairlift to go up. You're ready to do your run, and it's uh, you're ready
0: to go. Beautiful. It just sounds like a magical place. Uh, I know that yeah. uh, Cl- Club Med has also opened a hotel that's literally right at the yeah. bottom of the mountain now.
1: Yes, the Club Med is at the bottom too, close to the the whole chalet. The chalet I was talking a little bit before, the chalet where it's feel like home, like uh, Club Med is just beside this. Uh, and uh, Club Med, for sure, it's, uh, it's an experience itself. So, like it's a very big uh, hotel, like it's uh, all inclusive. So uh, I never had the experience to, um, to go there as a customer, but uh, I have the chance to visit the Club Med and it's a very fancy hotel. And like I said, the same thing as uh, Le Chalet at the top of the mountain. Like they use uh, a lot of uh, local products, uh, local food. So it's all, um, all you eat, all experience. It's, uh, it's about Charlevoix, all the um, outdoor exp- exp- activities, uh, the, the, the meals you eat, it's, uh, it's from Charlevoix. It's, uh, it tastes Charlevoix. And uh, you have like uh, the, the ski resort just uh, in the back, backyard. So uh, the same thing. Like you go there, you warm up yourself, you eat. And then when you're ready to hit the hill, you just go outside and the, the, the mountain is there. Same thing for the summer. Like summer, it's uh, biking, winter is uh, skiing. But it's exactly the same thing for uh, summertime.
0: Well, it just sounds like such an amazing place, and uh, I hope that all of our Mountain Collective Pass Passholder listeners are going to head out there this winter. Uh, I thank you for your time in going through a mountain tour with us. We're going to wrap it up with our Collective Dreams section. I have just a few short questions uh, to, to close out our talk. First of all, let's go back to your time as an athlete. Who is your toughest rival on the snowboard cross tour in your over a decade of competing?
1: I think at the end it was uh, Eva Samkova, but she was not constant. Like she, sometimes she can be very fast and sometimes she was not, not fast at all. But she was one of the, the hardest rivals, but I'm happy because she's still competing and she's still one of the best. So that's mean I was, I was not the only one with the, with trouble with her, but she was a good competitor and, um, she was like uh, a bit younger than me. She she came up with uh, a very precise preparation. Like uh, compare me, like she started competing snowboard cross. She uh, she was like uh, physically prepared for snowboard cross. So uh, And she started snowboard cross, she was like very young. Compare me when I started, I was like 18, 19 years old. So um, she was that new generation who's, who, sh- who starts snowboard cross very young. But uh, like I said uh, before, like uh, I, I was still able to compete against her. I won a couple races with, with her competing with me. So, uh, yeah, she, she was one of the, the tough girls for sure.
0: Cool. Do you have a favorite run at La Masif? A favorite run? And maybe it's your own run
1: i think it's my whole run
0: <laughs> all right that's perfect because you control that one
1: <laughs> yeah like when there's a lot of snow like i said there's a there there's a lot of big rocks and uh, it's naturally make very big jumps when you know this the the the, the mountains like you just go from top to bottom and uh, there's jump there. So you have like kind of, it's kind of a, a course. Like when you know the mountain, you go from top to, mount, to, to bottom and uh, you hit jump. Okay, you do your run. And there, there's a little pass with a, a big wall. So you hit that wall. So it's, a, yeah, definitely, I think it's my favorite run.
0: Cool. Your favorite spot in the morning to have a coffee or tea before you go out up the, up on the mountain. Your favorite morning spot.
1: For sure, the f- very first run, I don't stop for coffee. I go for a run. I want to have the first run, first track. But after that, I'm, I'm going to go definitely at the bottom. Like I said, it's, the chalet at the bottom is like home. So I go there. I, I, I just sit down, start to uh, talk with people. There's a lot of locals and locals are very uh, social and uh, always happy when there's a lot of snow. Everybody's happy. So uh, it's definitely my favorite spot to go for a coffee.
0: Sounds good. Do you have a favorite local craft beer, or are there too many?
1: Uh, I think there's too many. I don't want to put myself in trouble because, like I said, we have a, a lot of uh, local product, and I know uh, there's a lot of uh, places where they, they made their own beers. So, um Yeah. I don't want to put myself in trouble, okay. but there's a lot of places in Charlevoix. We made our own beer, jam, cheese, meat. We have everything here. It's, it's easy like that. If you fail to uh, to eat a, a, su- a Swiss uh, fondue, you have a place for If you're looking for... Um, Kind of a uh, European uh, experience, like you have a couple hotel and restaurant for that too. So uh, yeah, we're we have uh, we're pretty lucky for it, lucky for this.
0: I'll take that as a good answer. And then finally, <laughs> last question, and this is always a tough one. If you could give me one word that speaks to what Lamassif means to you, and I'll take that word in English or French. Roots. Roots. <laughs> That's a good one. I love it. How do you say that in French? Roots is
1: uh, racine. Yeah, like uh, racine because it's, uh, it's a part of myself. Like I was saying at the beginning, it's uh, my story as a snowboarder and as a, it, it starts from there. But if I say one word for uh, people who never visit our place, never visit Le Massif, it's uh, experience.
0: Well, I it has been a wonderful experience to speak with you today. You are charming, and I want to also let our listeners know uh, uh, Dominique is doing this podcast from a fire station where she is a firefighter. And uh, I know that was a that was a life. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was a life dream of yours, wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah, that was a yeah, a kid's dream for sure. I I, I always wanted to be. To do two things in my life, it was uh, to be one of the best snowboarders and be a firefighter.
0: Well, you have so was, uh, y- you yeah. have it done. We look forward yeah. to uh, visiting you out at Le Massif sometime. Thank you so much for talking to us on Inside the Mountain Collective.
1: You're very welcome, Tom, and uh, pleasure to welcome us at Le Massif anytime.
0: Dominique Malte, two-time Olympic medalist, World Championship medalist, great snowboarder, and Representative Lamassif. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Kelly for Inside the Mountain Collective. Thanks to Dominic Malte for the mountain tour of La Massive. For your collective trek this winter, consider a trip to La Massive, maybe staying a couple of nights at the new Club Med located right on the mountain. And add in a couple of nights at nearby Quebec City for a delightful midwinter trip. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Watch for more episodes coming up soon. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and I'll see you up on the mountain this winter. Are you ready to build your own collective trek? The Mountain Collective Pass is your ticket to multi-resort skiing or riding. Get yours today at mountaincollective.com. You'll get two days at each participating resort, plus 50% off additional days. It is the perfect pass to take just one trip and be able to ski or ride at multiple resorts. Build your own collective trek today. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Watch for more episodes of Inside the Mountain Collective. And I'll see you on the mountain.